off and the smoke glittering. Um, I, I, I don't know what we're waiting for. I'm just kidding. You all know that, don't you? I mean, you know, it'd be terrible for somebody to think I was serious. I don't even use a screen, y'all. <laughs> I've never used it. Well, I take it back. Y'all did put a picture up one time, didn't you, of the FedEx guy that I witnessed to that got stranded. I remember that. You know, I, I, should, pres I should give y'all some pictures because I've got some. I mean, we have some pictures from time to time. They're really amazing pictures. And I, I mean, it, it would be, I think, encouraging to see some of it but anyway we uh i sent was it carolyn did i send you the picture of the three bulls with the ice i mean it was like it looked like iowa it looked like illinois it looked like montana these three bulls and they're one of them weighs probably two thousand pounds the other one's probably 1900 pounds they had literally on their necks and chest, and it was like ice, frozen ice all over their faces. Incredible. So I sent that to my sister. I knew she would appreciate it. If you would, turn in your Bibles <clears throat> to the book of Romans. I want to read a couple of verses that are very familiar, and then we're going to get into the introduction of the message. Kind of a two-part message today. Kind of a two-part message. Really feel like this is the way the Lord has led for today, especially today. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So do we get that, everyone? If, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus you confess him Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved let's pray father in heaven we just want to thank you for the gift the free gift of salvation through faith in the very son of God the Lord Jesus Christ your only son and we are so thankful to you for the provision, for the, for the love that you demonstrated for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I thank you, Father, that you didn't tell us to clean up our act, get it all together, become perfect, then come to you. But you take us as sinners. You, you died, the Lord Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. And I thank you that you've made a way, paid the price for our eventual entrance into heaven for all eternity. We're so thankful and grateful. And we love you. And I know that it's come, we come up short even in our expression of love 
on this side of heaven, but one day we will fully be able to understand how much we really, really, really do love you. Thank you so much for this day, for this people, for the heart, the desire to hear from your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the way of introduction, I just want to kind of begin by saying that I think many of us have learned a few lessons over the last few weeks, especially the last couple of weeks, lessons in survival. Lessons in survival, getting ready, getting ready for the storm, being ready. Now, I'm sure prior to that last winter storm striking Texas, there were some that were doubting and some that were questioning, would it really be as bad as they said it was going to be? And I would say to you from everything I've heard and read and observed personally, that it was worse than what they said it was going to be. Now this year, 2021, we've had two snows. And I'm talking about not just a dusting, we've had two snows. Hilltop Lakes is like 18 minutes away from us west, and they recorded officially 10 inches of snow the first time. We didn't actually measure because, you know, they've got the drifts and you've got different places. But easily the first snow, we had seven or eight inches on our ranch. The second weather event, the one that we've just gotten through, we know we had somewhere between four to six inches of snow. And it was different. I've, you know, been around a little while and seen a few snows. I've never seen a snow like the second snow. It, it literally, when the wind would blow, there would be little puffs of snow blowing across the top. It was so light, so feathery, so, so it sparkled. It just, it was beautiful light. You walk in it and you're like, you're just walk. I've never walked anything quite like it. But then the night that the freezing rain came, on top of that, beautiful snow. All of a sudden, everything then turned to a solid heart, and that's when the temperatures dropped. But it, it, it became treacherous. Everything was solid ice. Everything. Now, I know you can have all kind of different readings, but our phone app showed two degrees. And Leah, they were with us, Brian and Leah and their five children. They were there the whole week. And they put a thermometer out on the porch and it showed a minus three. Now, I never will forget when Julie and Clint uh, lived in Illinois and Iowa, we went to see them on a trip and it was so cold. I took a picture of the... the uh, rearview mirror that had the temperature in it, it had a plus four. And I was so, imp I said, this is the coldest, this is the most bitter cold, and it happened at our house this time. I mean, I just, I can't believe it happened. But it created so much work. I know now why snowbirds are snowbirds. 
I know now why I would never, ever want to live in that all the time. And I, I mean, God's in control of it, but I hope and pray it'll never happen again in my lifetime. It was, it was hard, physical, everything. Our locks, we couldn't get our locks open. We couldn't do simple functions of, of little clasping things that hold things together. They're all, it's all frozen. And, uh, and then, and I, I hope, I mean, I'm just trying to share with y'all, we have, because of the setup, because of what we have there, we have a, at least, I try to count them, at least 22 automatic waters. In other words, the floats that you buy. There's 22 of them that are running automatically all the time. And then we have somewhere around 30, a grand total, you got 22 and then another eight that we, of water troughs that we keep filled with water hoses, we fill those up. So we have about 30 water tanks that were frozen solid. So about midweek, when this thing was going on and on, the animals were out of water, couldn't get to the water because it, no, it was all solid ice. So Brian and I loaded my Generac generator onto my 12-foot utility trailer and got it behind my four-wheel drive old truck, 2001 truck, and pulled it to the uh, water faucets and the, the, that are sticking up out of the ground. And we literally put heat lamps on those things and thawed them out. One of them took over two hours just to thaw one water faucet with heat lamps, four, three, and two and three, four heat lamps. <clears throat> we went to bed that morning at 5 a.m. after being out, and we're out in this stuff the whole time, layered up. We, I mean, I'd already known how to layer. But, <clears throat> and when we had our home built, one of the things that I really wanted and I didn't think it was just a luxury. I really wanted to have an emergency side. And I don't know, Gene, what is that called? There's a name for it. When you have your panel, your breakers, and then you have another little panel with your, your emergency side. So you flip, you flip it. It's got a red tab in there. And you flip it, and you, and you can put your generator, and it'll run certain, what is it called, transfer switch? Transfer switch. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but, but I mean, I, I couldn't think of that, and I had it right on the tip of my tongue, but I just knew if somebody could give me a little help. But it's called a transfer switch, and so what they did is when they built the home, they built, they had like the refrigerators. We had two refrigerators, a freezer. Uh, the septic is on that. Uh, we had uh, like a few electrical outlets that are on that. Lights. I mean, we had lights. Uh, not throughout the whole house, but the majority of lights are there. So anyway, you just make that switch, plug your generator, your, uh, this big heavy-duty, I mean, we're talking heavy-duty extension cord. In the, it's an outlet on the outside they put in. Run that generator, and, um, and so we, had, we were able to, to function. I brought a couple of items just, you know, Pastor Joe does such a great job with visuals. You know, I love, so I'm learning from him. I don't do visuals and I don't do, but let me show you a little item that helped save the day at our house. Does anybody know what this is? 
That's a little electric hot plate. You can get those on Amazon or Academy, I guess Amazon. But it's amazing. You can survive. Because, see, I have to have my coffee. And so I warm up my water and I have my French press coffee maker and you get it right before it's boiling. You put it in there for four to five minutes. You've got coffee. But this little item, I mean, you can cook on it. You can open cans of chili. You can do cans of soup. I mean, one burner, little one burner, plug it in. Your generator's generating and stuff. The only catch to the generator is you need more gasoline. And that was where I slipped. Because at the beginning of this, I only had three gasoline cans. I have diesel cans for the tractor. But I didn't have but three cans, so that was 15 gallons. So with this generator, it uses about a gallon an hour. We were without power for eight days. Do the math. So guess who showed up out in our neck of the woods with I don't know how many five-gallon gas cans? Pastor Joe and his dad. And we still got, in fact, I, I may return it back to him because I think there's going to be maybe a little gas shortage here and he'll probably be glad to get see some of that gasoline back. But so we had planned. I'm, the, this first part of the message is about being prepared. Planning for what's ahead. Prepare for the future. So we, when they built the house, we had all that planned out. Our fireplace is not just a normal fireplace. It's got a sealed glass front door. It's got uh, a vent type thing that blows the heat out, doesn't blow smoke out, blows heat out. So we literally had heat with the fire. We've got tons of firewood. I mean, trees down everywhere and limbs down. And so we, we, we had fire. So we had fireplace. But let me show you another. This is another. This was given to us, given to me at Christmas. And I, I wondered if I ought to actually. But this. This is a You know, you can rub two sticks together all day long to start a fire if you want to. But boy, that thing, that thing will light a fire. You can hold that. It, can y'all believe I'm doing this? I mean, right here in the pulpit. Talk about hellfire and brimstone. <laughs> hellfire and brimstone. Now that is a fire. And you hold that, you put your, your sticks of wood there, smaller ones first. Put that thing on there, leave it in one spot for a while, and what you know what? You get a fire. You can burn trash with this. I'm telling you, there are a lot of things you could do. <laughs> That's a handy little gadget. You, you fill it right here at the bottom, butane. Another little gadget. I'm talking about being prepared. Being prepared for the future. That was a wonderful gift. And we had another family with us, Brian and Leah and their kids, five kids. We're not used to the noise of children. So there were a couple of times I have to confess 
that I expressed, I'm almost at my breaking point. But I did it in a nice Christian way. But uh, so then one day I walked in and they were kind of needing some entertainment. So I got them all down the floor and they did exercises as I, I did cadence for them. And so it, it was a wonderful trying time. But I'm sure that all of you have your own stories. But this year, I told, I've told a couple of hours, I said, look, when you think about Christmas, think about survival. It's, there's nothing wrong with being prepared because we don't know what will the ho future will hold as far as our electricity. We don't know about gasoline. We don't know about food supplies. And you know what? You don't want to wait. And I'm not tr trying to sound alarm like everybody go down and stock up and buy, you know, a storage container and, and you know, fill it up with toilet paper or anything. But, but I am suggesting that you don't wait to the last minute. Because when hundreds of thousands of other people are trying to do the same thing you're trying to do, you know, that's not the time to wait. And so it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to have a, a little, little plan in place because you never know what the future's going to hold. Nobody would have ever predicted that at our house it would have been plus two or minus three, whatever, degrees. And, you know, we had to run our, I can't imagine what my water bill is going to be because we ran water. Dwight Hewland told me one time, he said, that's, as far as he's concerned, that's one of the best ways is just run your water. And, uh, and so that's what we did. But we had so many faucets running, you did, I, I can't imagine what it's going to be. And this is a, maybe a one-time event for our lifetime, but folks, it, it doesn't hurt to be prepared to think about what could happen in the future. And, there, and this is a, in a way of a warning. I'm, I'm using all this to tie in the warning to be prepared for death. I'm using all this, tying it in, our everyday lives, our things that, we're, that we've just gone through as, a, as an opportunity to, to give the gospel and say, look, we've, we've just gone through this. We had some warning, but a lot of us maybe were not as prepared as we should have been. But folks, you've got all through Scripture, you've got Noah, a preacher of righteousness. You've got John the Baptist. You've got all these faithful preachers that all these years have been proclaiming the gospel, giving the gospel Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, preaching, handing out tracts, witnessing to people, trying to warn them about the storm that's coming. It's called death. It's, it's going to come. Death or the, or the Lord's going to come for his church. But there will be a time when you won't be able to make a decision for Christ. And so every time I step in the pulpit, every time, and, and in April it'll be 46 years since I went full time in the ministry. But every time I step in the pulpit, I look at the pot, and then now we have live streaming. I, I, I see the possibility of somebody within the sound of my voice, not being born again, 
No, they need to. They've made excuses. They've tried to fake it. They've tried to make others think they're Christians, but they're really not. I don't know who that might be, but God does. But this is a warning. This is saying, get prepared. Get ready. There's something coming. And, and listen, I'm concerned. I'm so concerned that our society really doesn't fear death any longer. It's really tragic. That we're so used to it. It's so commonplace. We're, we're just not, we're not in fear. And oh my, my wife is just, she's constantly, she was, I asked her to read some passages. She read about five or six chapters on the way in today. And I mean, just the, the lack of fear of God in man today. There's just such a lack of fear. But we preach Christ and Him crucified. And, and we, we are constantly warning people, get ready, get right with God. We're all moving closer and closer and closer and closer to that day, minute by minute. That day is coming. And now, along with everything else, all the challenges that we face, it is so heartbreaking as we think about COVID, no longer do we just have statistics and a number. And we said it early on. We, we said it, this would happen. But now we have names to the numbers. And our hearts break. Our hearts break for these families. Our hearts are broken for those who are hurting today but we're trying to give a warning. If you've got breath, if, you, if you're alive, if you can make a decision today, you need to decide to follow Christ, to give your heart and life to Christ. The Scripture says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God doesn't make this hard. He doesn't make this complicated. He, makes, he puts it where you and I can simply understand salvation is a free gift. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now is the time. Today. Today is the, is the hour to examine yourself, to make sure that you know that you are really genuinely saved. I mean, this is not just for young people or teenagers. This is for adults. This is for all of us. Be prepared. Get ready. Circumstances will happen. Things will come. Accidents happen. Tragedy strikes. Sickness. Never know what's going to be right around the next corner. Disease. Death. You know, and I don't want to wear this story out, but it, it was a very, very hard thing for us when Linda's daddy drowned on our, we were at Hilltop Lakes. And it was my idea to go fish in the middle of January, which that's, I don't even know what I was thinking. 
It had been 24 that morning. The water was so icy cold. But do you know my last, my last words to him? He was in little, the little flat bottom boat. He was going to take it down so we could take turns. I was going to take turns taking the kids out and let them cast right off the bank. But we were going to use the boat. My last words to my father-in-law. And I held up a life jacket. And I said, don't you want to put on this life jacket? That was my last words to him. And he said, no, no further than I'm going, I don't need it. From that point, go where he was going. He was standing up, which we don't still don't know why. He lost his balance and fell in that icy water and drowned. Within 30 minutes, his body was up on the pier. Don't you want this life jacket? Folks, how many times have I stood in this pulpit over the last 30 plus years and I've said, don't you want Jesus? Don't you want to be saved today? Don't you want eternal life? And some have responded. Many have responded. But always there's some that duck their head, turn away, and they walk out. And they've not genuinely ever trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Our prayer, our, our concern today is that you, listen, this, this would be a perfect day to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. It would be a perfect day to be saved, to be born again. The last day of February 2021. And you could know based on the word of God. If you believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead. And you confess him as your Lord. You acknowledge you're a sinner. You know you're a sinner. Does anybody really debate that? I, I don't see how you could even question that. But you know you're a sinner. You believe in uh, salvation the way the Word of God just described. Even Ephesians. Let's, let's look back at Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. Turn there with me. I just love this passage. Verse 1, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, <clears throat> the spirit that now worketh in children, the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But... God, John, we like that part, don't we? That's the one we like. But God, but God who is rich. See that? This is our father. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace 
of His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. Salvation. Salvation is a free gift. We're asking you today to consider. Do you know for sure? Do you know that you're really saved? Don't take unnecessary chances with things. Be careful. Be safe. Be there, there's no reason. I mean, you know, I, I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but something's going to get me one day. Y'all know that. I mean, we all know that. Something's going to get us. But my, my best venture, my best guess is it will not be, for me, it will not be from a skydiving accident. There's a really, really good chance, unless the skydiver falls on me, you know, he, he spots me, you know, starts zeroing in. There he is right there. But it's not going to be from me jumping out of a plane. Okay? So let me, let me just say, there's nothing wrong with being, I mean, you can call it what you will, but there's nothing wrong with being safety conscious. I've told you I do this all the time. It's the time when it gets up in the 70s, I, I put on my snake boots. Because I, it just would ruin my day if I had to go to the ER with a, a timber rattler bite. It would, it would ruin my day, pretty much. May I just say, be, be cautious? And I'm going to just say a couple quick things. Be cautious around electricity. These men that know electricity, and the, I've seen, when I was a police officer, I went to a call, went to a scene where a man had died. And this is what I saw. I saw a man with an electric drill plugged into a light socket. He was on a concrete floor, but had a puddle of water. And he was on the floor dead. Because he was drilling with electric power drill. Standing on a wet concrete surface with water and it killed him now he could have avoided that by using a few safety do you remember our grandmother's neighbor ida she went out to her freezer in her garage barefoot on concrete touched the freezer and it knocked her to the ground because she got a shock from touching the freezer on concrete with bare feet they're just things, folks, that you can take. Just be, be cautious. Be aware. Things are going to happen. Things, uh, unsuspecting tragedy is going to strike. But we just, there's no reason to be careless with this body that God has purchased and given us the opportunity to be good stewards of. And I, I think it's a scriptural thing, a spiritual thing. So the first part of the message is about, do you really know that you're saved? We're, we're holding up Jesus Christ before you today, that he's the only way for salvation. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't earn your way. You can't join enough churches. You need to place your faith 
in the person who died on the cross for your sins and mine. He shed His blood. He went to the tomb. He was raised the third day. You believe that, that Jesus is the only way to salvation and you've trusted Him as your personal Lord and Savior, then you can be saved today. We'd encourage you to be saved. We're giving you a warning, but we're giving you, offering you hope in Jesus Christ that you could be saved. But now I want to switch gears a little bit to the fact that Christians, just because we become born again, doesn't mean that we go through life now free from pain. Just because you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't mean that you're going to go through life without pain or without heartache or without suffering. Life, just life, the life we're living can be extremely painful. As I've already mentioned, in April it'll be 46 years since I went into the ministry full time. I can't remember, and I, I know that there's a tendency to think this is always the worst, but I can't remember a time in 46 years of full-time ministry where I've known of more families, more individuals, more far-reaching hurt in the lives of Christians that I know of right now today. I, I just don't know that there's ever been a time that I can remember the pain and the anguish that people are going through is so widespread. It just seems to be, it just seems to be there. I've, I've never known a time when people, the church, were more troubled over circumstances, over whatever's going on. I've never known the church to be any more troubled than we are right now. I've never known there to be more confusion. What do you believe? Who do you believe? I, I, don't, I don't know of a time in 46 years that I could ever look back that there's been more confusion. I don't know that I've ever experienced more division where people are lined up on different views and it's, and it's painful to see. And I've never seen the tears that I know that are being shed this very hour over the hurts that people are feeling. I've, I've never, in 46 years, I've never known the tears. I've never known a time when Christians were more concerned over the future of our church, of our nation, of our world. I've never known of a time where people were more heartbroken over whatever, but they're just heartbroken over issues. And then fearful. But I'm just going to tell you something. You've heard me refer to Martha Martin in the past. Some of you wouldn't remember, but Martha Martin, Ken Martin, and I, he, Ken Martin came alongside me and taught me how to one-on-one -on -one soul win. I mean, he was a soul winner of all soul winners. And I mean, he, on visitation night, he would take me. And I mean, this guy, he was, he was, he had a gift. 
had four little boys, cotton-headed little boys. But Martha, his wife, got cancer. She fought it for three and a half years or so. I don't remember exactly, but about three and a half years. And Linda and another lady, they were in Dallas. They moved to Dallas finally. Linda and another lady would fly to Dallas and they would spend the weekends there ministering to her, tending her, caring for her. And they were there the weekend before she passed away when she led them in prayer. Martha led Linda and this other lady in prayer, praying for a wife for Ken when she was gone. She wanted a mother for her little boys. She was in her 30s, late 30s. I mean, she was young. So we're at that funeral, and I've never, I don't, I don't get into the, the wild stuff, but I've never been at a funeral when I thought somebody was going to get up out of the casket any more than I did at that funeral. Because she had obeyed her parents. I mean, all the things lined up that she should have a long life, but we didn't call 30-something years a long life. And when those low cotton-headed little boys leaned in that casket, folks, you can't imagine seeing them tippy-toe looking at their mama. And I don't remember the text, and I don't remember much about the message, but the preacher said this, he said, folks, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the rubber meets the road. Folks, I'm going to just tell you, there's a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of questions, things that are just unbelievable. But I believe this is where the rubber meets the road. We've all been to more seminars than we can count. We've taken more notes. We've been under some of the most dynamic preachers. These guest preachers we've had in here over these 36 years have just been, I mean, Dr. Jerry Benjamin and Keith Daniel and all these Robert Bottom, these men of God who come and preach the word and we've been here and we've listened, we've heard and we've had good and Aaron's dad's been here two or three times. We've heard some great preaching. But now is the hour. Now is the time. For us to have the message move from our head to our heart. It's not any longer just something that we, information that we know. This is a message that you and I live out as we take each step. And sometimes you think you can't even take that step because the pain is so bad. But I'm going to tell you, God gave three thoughts. And there's so many, it could be 30 but just for the today, three thoughts that I think should encourage us. It did encourage me. As we're thinking about the pain and the hurt and what's going on. So let's look at these three real quickly. 
The first one is found in 2 Corinthians 1, 2. 2 Corinthians 1, 2. <clears throat> the first thought is that we need to know the God of all comfort. Grace, verse 2, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. You ought to do, I've been reading all the mercies of God. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. So our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. So today. You and I need to be reminded that as born-again believers, as children of God, we have our Father who, and how many times have you heard this? God loves us more than we can even imagine that He can love us. He loves our kids more than we love our kids. He loves us in a way that you and I will never, this side of heaven, really fully comprehend. The love of God for a child of God. But he's the God of all comfort. He's the God of mercy and the God of all comfort. Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. He's our refuge and strength. So where do you turn? Where do you turn when your heart is breaking? Where do you turn when you just don't think you can take that next step? When you want to just pull the covers up over your head and not even get up out of bed ever because you just say, I just don't think I can face another moment of this. I just don't think I can stand another minute of this. This is too painful. This hurts too bad. We have to turn and trust him as our God of all comfort. He, he is there. He is present. He's going to bring all of us each of us individually, everything that you and I need. We need to turn off the electronics, whatever it is that's distracting. We need to let him minister through his spirit comfort to our hurting and broken hearts. And I'm going to tell you, once you've been there, once you've walked in those shoes, once you've had him put his loving arms around you and you've experienced it, nothing else will ever satisfy. Nothing else will ever bring contentment than having the very presence of God loving on you and holding on to you and, and surrounding you with Himself. He loves you, believer. He loves you more than you can imagine. So don't turn to other things, other gimmicks, other things that people suggest to you. Turn to Him. And let him be who he said he is, the God of all.
comfort. There will be trouble. There will be struggle. There will be pain. But I promise you this. Our Father, according to His Word, will never, ever leave us nor forsake us. He will not abandon you. You can't say that about man. But you can say that about Him. He will never abandon you. He will strengthen you in your inner man in ways that you've never known before. He will bring encouragement to you when, when you look at the circumstances, you think, there's no way for encouragement. <laughs> How am I going to be encouraged in this? But he will bring that encouragement. It'll come basically through his word. He's going to repeat the word of God. And that's why it's so important to be in the word, to allow him to, to bring that word back to our minds. And so he will, he will minister. And there will be a peace. I can't explain it. I can't tell you. You know, it's not some little trick or whatever. It is just as real as it can be. The God of all comfort will minister to you if you will just let him and not stiff arm him and not resist him. So that's the first thing, the God of all comfort. Second thing the Lord led me to this, this week was the fact that uh, God is faithful. The faithfulness of God. You know... Things just change, don't they? Circumstances change. Life changes. I, I'm beginning to notice some changes in, in my own uh, body and things that, that I hadn't experienced before. Things are going to change. But you know what? God never changes. And He is faithful. He is faithful creator. I'm going to use my, my uh, Thompson uh, just to read some of these because it's so they're all, all together. I hear, but Psalm, Psalm 36, 5, thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Psalm 89, 1, and I love this one. Aaron, you probably know this one too by heart. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy, what? Say it with me. Thy faithfulness. Thy faithfulness to all generations. We need to be given this message. The message of God's faithfulness to our children. They need to know God is faithful. Your friends are going to fail you. Society's going to fail you. Government's going to fail you. All these people are going to turn. But God is faithful. And future generations need to know that. They need to hear it from their parents. They need to hear it from the pulpit. God is faithful. First Corinthians 1 9 God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord and then first Peter 4 19 wherefore let them that suffer according suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator a faithful creator Creator, God our Father is faithful. You can count on Him. You can depend on Him. He's not going to change. He's not going to change. So many more. But the Second uh, Thessalonians three three. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Second Timothy two thirteen. If we believe not, 
yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. This is his character. This is who God is. He's faithful. You can depend on him. If he says it in his word, you can count on it. It's, it's a fact. It's true. We have so many things to be thankful for as believers, as God's children. But, but he, he is the God of all comfort. He is the God of all comfort, and he is a faithful father. Our faithful father. You can count on him. And then as the Lord was leading me through this week, as we have so many things, as I said, and some just can't even be spoken, but so many things going on in, in the lives of people, and it's just, just heartbreaking. Um, the Lord led me to the, to the book of Job again. And that's what Linda was reading on the way in today. She read probably the first five chapters of Job just out loud, just reading. And you, you ought to just read it. It's just powerful. Just powerful. You take a man. I mean, he was upright. He was, had flocks and herds and all these servants. He had so much. And then Satan. Satan walking about, roaming about. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant, Job? Have you considered my servant, Job? All that he has is in your hand, except just don't take his life. I'm going to tell you, this man, what an encouragement to lose his family, lose his belongings, his friends. Think about the advice his friends gave, his wife gave, all these different things. In the life of this man. And then you have Job 13, 15. I'd like for you to turn there if you would. Job 13, 15. And this is what I hope. That since God is the God of all comfort. And he is faithful. That because you don't, you don't have to look at your circumstances. And say I, just throw your hands up in despair. Folks, this, this should be our, our, our statement of faith. This should be our statement of faith. No matter what comes, no matter what takes place in the years ahead, the days ahead. And we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. We don't know what's going to happen. But we need to have a resolve that if everything is taken away, we lose it all. Verse 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Would y'all say that with me? Let's say it together as a church. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I hope that's your heart. I hope that's where you are today. I hope that that's... Uh, would be your response to whatever comes. I hope it would be my response to whatever comes. We don't know what's around the corner. But I know this. You can count on God being the God of all comfort. And He has comforted. We've experienced His comfort. And it, when it doesn't make sense, it doesn't add up, nothing seems to line up, but then you've got God bringing comfort. in a way. And there's just that inner peace. You know that He's there. You know He's present. 
You know that he's enriching you and encouraging you and speaking to you and to hear him speak in times of brokenness. I mean, and, and that's really where we all need to be. We all need to be in that attitude and that response of brokenness. Opposite of pride. We ought to be in that attitude of brokenness. And so God, God is the God of all comfort and you can count on him. He is always there. He will never leave you. He is faithful. He is the faithful creator. And, and think of all the millions of people that have ever lived and died and ever will live. And he is personally, he's personally involved in your life and my life as an individual. And he's concerned about what's going on inside of me and around me right this very moment. And that's why I can stand here with confidence today because this is what God wanted you to hear, wanted me to hear. God is the God of all comfort. He is faithful. You can count on him. He's going to be there. He's going to love you through it. And, and you can always count. As someone said just this week at the two uh, funerals, um, God is always good. Just when, you know, when things, tragedy happens, you can't say, well, now God's not good now. No, God is always good. And God never makes any mistakes. He knows, and it's beyond our comprehension. It's, be, it's bigger than anything I can. And I don't try to explain to people any longer. I, I used to, young, when I was younger, try to come up with, you know, well, this is probably why this happened. I don't do that anymore. Because it's, it's up to God to speak to their heart. Explain to them why they're going through what they're going through. So I'm going to tell you what, but he is faithful. He is so faithful. You can count on him. You can depend on him. You can trust him. And then as we close, as we come to the end of this time with those three thoughts for believers, the other is salvation. The life line is out. We've, we're offering salvation to all. And but as believers, would you resolve in your heart to know that you would respond no matter what's down the road? Though he slay me, all my animals, all my stock, all my servants, my children, everybody's turned against me. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I trust him, not in myself. I trust him for who he is. His character. Who he is, the faithful creator. Please be saved today if you're not. Run to Jesus, Terry Unruh. I've heard him pray it, I don't know how many times in my office. Run to Jesus. Be saved today. That's the warning. But believer, you can count on God. He is there with you in your struggle, in your time of need. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We trust you to accomplish your will. And would you just speak to hearts and calm our hearts, Father, as we struggle through the different issues that we're all facing in life. I pray that there would be a real comfort from you, a real resolve inside of us that no matter what comes our way, that we trust you completely. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I pray for the, each one here today that's heard this message, that we'd be able to apply it and that we'd be able to just allow you to be the Lord and master of our lives. 
the one in charge, the one that's in control. And we surrender everything to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.